The Jericho Network on Westwood One. This is One on One with Mitch LaFond, the podcast where the rockers talk, part of the Talking Metal Digital Podcasting Network. Now, here's your host, Mitch LaFond. Welcome to One on One with Mitch LaFond. And joining me on this episode, Operation Mindcrime singer Jeff Tate. We talk about their new album, Resurrection. Before checking out the interview, please check me out on Twitter at Mitch Lafon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N, Facebook, one-on-one Mitch Lafon, and paypal.me forward slash Mitch Lafon, should you care to support the podcast. And now here he is, the one, the only, vocalist extraordinaire, Jeff Tate. We are speaking with Jeff Tate of Operation Minecraft. The new album is Resurrection. Uh, always a pleasure uh, to speak with you, Jeff. Hey, Mitch. Yes. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, for those who don't know, this is a part two of an interview because uh, we tried this a couple of weeks ago and I ended up not feeling so well. So I feel great and it's 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 nice to be able to uh, speak music with you once again. Um, you know, for those who haven't seen the band live recently, uh, I saw you, I, when was it, I guess, April or, or March at the uh, in Ottawa? band was on fire. Anyway, it was earlier this year, and uh, the band is sounding great. I mean, just really, really, really great. You've got some great players with you. Yeah, that was a that was a really great tour, actually. <laughs> I like I don't like to use that word too much, but uh, it truly was a great tour. It was uh, a lot of fun, and uh, we covered a lot of ground all over the world on that tour. And um, looking forward to doing it again. Uh, starting in uh, November this year. You know, you've got the Trinity Tour coming up with Ripper Owens and Blaze Bailey, formerly of uh, Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, respectively. Um, like I said, we could start there, and then we'll get into Resurrection. That tour, or those, it's sort of a short run of half a dozen shows or so. Is that going to grow at some point and really become 20, 30, 40 shows, or is this sort of a special catch-it-while-you-can well, you know, we uh, we had such a good time uh, playing together on my record that we started talking about, wouldn't it be fun continuing this madness out on the road? And uh, all three of us loved the idea, and we, as we talked, we got even more excited about it, and then the cruel reality struck us that it's incredibly difficult to get all three of us in the same spot at the same time. Even in the same country, it's difficult. So um, these are the dates that we could that we that we had open uh, in this year, and we hope that uh, you know we can add more dates as uh, time goes by. But uh, I tell you, I'm really looking forward to this. I haven't looked forward to a, a tour like this in well forever. Actually, this is really a unique kind of thing. The three of us get along so well. We had a a great time uh, about a week ago we shot a video for the song uh, taking on the world here in seattle and uh, those two guys were staying at my house and we had the greatest time and uh, did a little bit more recording and uh, i don't know we're just uh, excited you know it's going to be fun it's kind of a different thing for all three of us and uh, we're really looking forward to it yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it too hopefully uh you know next year there can be a part two uh, like a run through the summer or something but uh, that'll be fun um yeah, let's get over to to resurrection part two of a trilogy. Um, 
now I know you had some of the songs written beforehand, and this is sort of the continuation. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the creative process in having this vision of three albums, and, and sort of how do you go about making it a reality? Well, you just kind of have to roll up your sleeves and dig in, <laughs> really. Um, well, I've, I've liked the idea of a trilogy for a long time. I've wanted to put together kind of a large-scale conceptual piece for a while. And I like the Trinity idea because it's a, a three-part story, like a, a story in three acts, which is pretty classic storytelling, you know? And um, I just didn't have the subject. And um, my wife and I went on a, a trip um, over Europe, and we uh, went on a hike across northern Spain on the uh, Camino de Santiago uh, Pilgrim Trail. And uh, I found it to be incredibly inspirational and uh, wrote the story while I was on a hike and um, created an outline and started putting kind of the characterization together of the various characters of the story and some of the plot lines. And um, when I got back to Seattle, I was just pumped because I'd kind of been waiting for the, the subject to come to me, you know, for a long time and um, just kind of rolled up the sleeves and dug in and started, uh, you know, composing music for it. Does it limit the ability to, to write music for it in the sense that there has to be a certain pacing to it and a certain rhythm to it? Or can the guitarist in the band or the drummer in the band come and say, hey, I have an idea, let's do this. I mean, can you try stuff with it or does it sort of oblige you to go in a certain direction? I think it's easier, actually, because you have a subject matter you're dealing with and you have a storyline you're dealing with. So it, it weeds out all the possibilities that aren't really possible, <laughs> you know, and it, uh, it, it kind of keeps you in line. And, uh, but yeah, everything that I do is very open to collaboration. I'm, I'm a collaborator. You know, I'll, I'll get the, the ball rolling with uh, a nice sketch of an idea. And sometimes those sketches turn out to be, you know, keeper tracks on the record. Um, but oftentimes it's, uh, you know, hey, I've got this thing here. What can we do with this? Or what do you, what do you think about that? And, you know, what's your, what's your feedback on this? Can you do something with it? And that's kind of the way I approach music. Is this something that you also looked at in, in a cinematic kind of way? Because we, we've spoken before about Operation Mindcrime, the album, the Queensryche album, becoming a movie, and you, there was a script in the works, and it's obviously not uh, panned out for now. Did you approach this one with a sort of like, hey, if this flies, maybe I could turn it into a movie or, or, or a play or, or something? Um, not really my not really my focus really, but, uh, you know, I suppose if the, uh, situation came about, yeah, I'd, I'd probably try to adapt it in some way or, you know, work with somebody that, that wanted to do that. You know, the, the story with Operation Minecraft turning into a movie has been, there's been so many, uh, attempts at that, you know, by various people over the years. And, um, it's, it's funny because it always comes down to the same kind of thing. And I guess this is kind of true with a lot of screenplays, a lot of stories. Uh, it, it comes down to financing. And that's that's kind of like the killer to a lot of projects is the, the financing. Now, last time this one got seriously uh, picked up and, and tried to be made into a movie was right there in the middle of the uh, 2008 uh, world financial crisis, <laughs> as they're calling it now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, a lot of a lot of funding for for film projects and things like that kind of fell through. 
You know, it's funny that you almost say that in an apologetic kind of way that it comes down to financing. But there is that reality. You know, I'm looking around these days and we're looking at the Dawkins reunion and, you know, Mick Brown and they say it's for the money and fans are going, oh, my God, how dare they say that? And it's like, well, well of course it is. I mean, who tours just, you know, to get a pat on the back, right? It's, there seems to be this this disdain for making money doing art, which baffles me um but you know operation Minecraft, that album and and this trilogy or trinity has this cinematic uh, quality to it is that something at some point you would like to explore outside of the music business become a director become an actor become uh, a screenplay writer or are you fulfilled creatively just in the music world you know i suppose if the right situation came about and it seemed exciting to me, you know, I definitely, you know, move in that direction. But, uh, as of today, you know, I don't have any, uh, film offers <laughs> right. in the works. <laughs> but, but outside of music, do you do anything that, 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 that stimulates you creatively or do you put all your energies into writing songs? I mean, is there like a, a Jeff Tate novel that's being, written for the last 10 years that people don't know about or is musically sort of your, your voice artistically? Yeah, music is kind of, music definitely has been my voice and, and is my voice. Yeah. I, uh, I think I've done 18 albums now and, um, two over 200 published songs. So I've been kind of busy. Yeah. It, it keeps you, it keeps you, uh, out of trouble. Um, do, do you, <laughs> Are, are there any albums you look back on and 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 think that that was my apex? I really was on the top of my game. I mean, that's the one that defines me. Or are you still are still in that constant search of no, the next one's going to be it. The next one's going to be it. Cause that I, that seems to be sort of the the uh, modus operandi of artists that the next one is is going to be the one. Um. Well, maybe I'm different in that respect. That I, I don't really think in those terms, you know, okay. of reaching some kind of mythical stairway or step or rung on the ladder, you know, I, I don't really think of it, of life like that, you know, I guess because I'm not competing. I guess if I was a competitor, um, I might think differently, but I'm, I'm really kind of anti-competition, you know, when it comes to art. I mean, I think if you're playing a basketball game, you know, as they say, a healthy competitive attitude is is good. But uh, uh, art is not competitive, in my in my way of thinking. Well, it really shouldn't be. Does it frustrate you when when some of the fan base says, "Oh, the, he didn't make another Empire. He didn't make another." Or are you sort of free at, at to, to do what you want and it'll just be what it'll be? That's such a difficult question to answer. Right. Yeah. You know why? Because you've run the risk of sounding so, I don't know, arrogant, I guess. Yeah. You know? I mean, would you really take into consideration somebody who said, why did Hillary Clinton let those people die in the Benghazi situation? 
what an asinine question. Right. You know, she didn't, you know, roll up her sleeves one day and say, okay, I'm going to let four people die today. You know, it's, it's out of her control, right? <laughs> well, so is making music. It's to a certain extent, you, you go with your muse, you go with what moves you, what's interesting to you, what, what moves you emotionally. And, and you're not trying to duplicate something you did before. At least I don't think in those terms ever. Yeah, but there certainly are. Uh, now, the third part of this uh, trilogy. Now, you've said that the albums are going to be sort of spaced one year apart. And you've uh-huh. mentioned in the past that the third one is already been worked on or, or mostly done. Is there still room for for change where it could be rewritten, re-recorded, or is the story told and it stays told as is? Um, well, yeah, it's, it is, it is told. Yeah. It's, it's a done deal. <laughs> right. It's all pretty much, you know, in the, in the can awaiting, mixing, mastering, that kind of thing. Um, but you know, the, the beauty of, of art and music is that, uh, you have the live scenario to, you know, uh, exhibit the song or the piece or the, you know, the album, and you can play it, you know, in a, arrangement that uh, occurs to you at the time, you know, for instance, you can change parts and pieces to fit better with your environment or your touring schedule or your situation that you're, you know, you're, you're playing and in, your instrumentation and that kind of thing. Cause you only have so many hands, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 When, when, when the three parts are done though, do you see yourself doing a presentation? Cause you know, you took, the album Operation Minecrime, and we've you've presented it uh, in whole, and you did Operation Minecrime one and two as as a show one time. Uh, do you see yourself doing this trilogy as a full concert all the way through? Uh yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to do something like that. Maybe after the third one's released and some time has gone by, maybe a you know limited uh, special engagement, something like that, playing uh, all three in its entirety. Maybe I'll record it you know that'd be kind of neat to do i think that would be fantastic to do one night in seattle and get everybody to come in um when these three are done where do you see yourself going in the future i mean is it um back to writing sort of one-off records and it'll be about what's happening to you at your life at that time or do you want to continue going into sort of a concept or conceptual world of writing you know Mitch, I just I just don't have a clear picture on that direction right now. I'm kind of uh, leaving it open to uh, you know see what happens. As you get inspired, as they say, um, in the early days when you were with uh, that other band, you, you know you had Chris DeGarmo helping you, or not helping you, but you wrote you goes you guys wrote as a team, and and you were quite successful. Who's your writing partner now, and do you prefer working alone, or is it important to have collaborators? Um, I like both, really. I like working with uh, different people for different reasons. Um, uh, you know, a different musical library, 
of a person, you know, can be beneficial and inspirational too, you know. If you're really stuck on a piece, like, oh, I just don't know where to take this, you know, some input can be really helpful. Um, sometimes it's great just to give the whole thing to somebody and say, okay, well, this, I've taken this far as, I, far as I can. What can you do with it, you know? That's cool too. But, you know, when you have a clear idea on where you want to go with it, it's oftentimes much easier uh, just to do it yourself, you know, take it where you want to go. Well, yeah, because you, you've always struck me as somebody who has a very clear vision. And and it and I know fans will say, oh, big-headed, arrogant. No, it just seems like somebody who's confident and has a clear vision of what he wants. And, and that's what I've always appreciated from you as an artist, that you have a very um, distinct voice. And I don't mean a singing voice. I mean, a, you know, a, a voice to, to enunciate things. And uh, I like that. Now, uh, Kelly Gray has worked with you for, for many years in and out of that other band, in and out of this band. Um, what does he mean to you, and what does he bring to the table to you as producer, as guitarist, as friend, as writer? As I mean, the whole package, what, what does he mean to you? Uh, yeah, well, Kelly, you know, he and I started working together in 1979, so it's been many, many years now, more than I can count. Um, he's an incredibly creative guy. Uh, when I can crawl him into, you know, actually getting him into a room, <laughs> he's kind of evasive. But once I track him down and, and, and you know, get him over to my house and working, uh, he could be really productive. And uh, he's just fun to work with. You know, he's always got an idea. And um, he lives life kind of in, on his own rules, you know, his own terms. And I, I like that about him. You know, he, he'll call you at four o'clock in the morning. You know, I've been thinking about that idea that we've been talking about. Kelly, I'm, I'm asleep. Oh, okay. Well, do you want me to call you back? No, just, you woke me up. Okay. Let's continue the conversation. Um, well, I had this idea and well, you know, I'm just going to send it to you on email and see what you think. Okay. Bye. <laughs> That's a conversation. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> do you, do you sort of work that way also? I mean, do you sort of get up sometimes at three in the morning and, and head down to the studio or are you sort of able to No, no you're like a nine to no. five guy kind of thing? Um, I'm more like, uh, nine or 10 to like seven in the evening kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. You know? Normal hours. Um, yeah. Here, I'll, I'll ask you a question that you, you may or may not like, but one of your former bandmates recently said that they're still trying to repair the damage from the Jeff Tate era, which which to me seems sort of an... <laughs> uh, yeah, which which I think is sort of an obnoxious thing to say, but um, do you... And, I, and, and for, for, forget what they were saying, but, but do you feel that there was uh, some kind of damage done to you? I mean, were, or did you come out of that hole in terms of... Uh, emotionally and physically and uh, because it it seems to almost discount you know 20 years or 25 years of career it's, it, you know I, I find it sort of offensive to say that quite frankly yeah it's uh you know i just rather not comment on stupidity Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I mean listen I I have to say I I sort of fully agree with you. I mean to me, whether the band or, or members are still work together is one thing. But when I see, you know, Ace Fraley or Gene Simmons and this and that, and they're saying it was all awful when Peter Chris was there, you go, 
No, it it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't fun to work with, but let the fans still have their moment, right? I mean, we still got a lot of great music, and you know, it, bother it bothers me when people do that. Um, in terms, all I have to say, all yeah. I all I can say, Mitch, is you know, um, it, it it when it happened and we parted ways, I felt very hurt over the whole thing, and. I've mended and uh, got on with my life. And, you know, honestly, it's like nothing has changed. I'm still making records, still touring, still my economy hasn't changed. <laughs> you know, it's like nothing has changed except for the, the people I'm surrounded by now, you know, the people I surround myself with. It's just quite different. You know, that's, the, that's it, really. Well, well, let me ask it to you this way, more more like in a psychologist kind of way. You know, when we, we all go through moments in life that are difficult and we get through them, but we get to forget about them. You know, we get to move on. When you're doing these interviews and people bring stuff up like that, at some point, do, do you want to just say, it's enough? Can, can we just not go there anymore? Or are you sort of resigned to the fact that people are going to ask? Oh, yeah, I think people, you know, certain people will ask. But funny enough, Mitch, I've done like 30 interviews over the last few weeks, and you're the only one that's asked me that. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Well, certainly, I certainly meant no disrespect. Uh, so, I know. So I know. Please, please, please know. don't take it that way. Uh, I do uh, I do look forward. Um, we did mention the the uh, tour with Ripper and Blaze. Uh, the, there is that month of November, those shows. In terms of Operation Mindcrime, your band, uh, what sort of the touring schedule look like going forward? Uh, we're just, well, we're just getting ready to put out an announcement on that. Um, but I believe yeah, we have European dates that begin. When is it? Um, it's right after the Trinity tour. So sometime in like end of November, first of December, something like that. And of course, uh, probably, you know, Christmas off and then January, February back on the road, I would imagine. And then, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm spending Christmas in Ireland this year. So, uh, probably, probably just, you know, take Christmas day off, something like that. I think I have a, a show in, uh, Belfast on the 27th. Really? I think that's when it is. Yeah. Well, uh, just be just be careful if you have any Apple products. They might they might start taxing you uh, <laughs> out of the blue. <laughs> yeah. Right there, you go. Um, you know, Apple products. What well, do you mean? Like, uh, oh, well, did you see what happened? Uh, well, they they just got charged. Uh, Apple Corporation just got fined uh, from Ireland fourteen point six billion dollars for back taxes today. So, oh wow, yeah. So, <laughs> so that was a little good for uh, them. Yeah, good for them. Come uh, on, Ireland. <laughs> oh, always a pleasure. Uh, very much. I, I've heard I've heard the album, and I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, it just it just marvels the, to me that after all these years, you just you haven't run out of ideas, and you still know how to deliver a very very satisfying product. And uh, uh, you know, it, it's great, great to have that. Oh, thank you, Mitch. Appreciate that. And uh, we'll do this. Uh, we'll do this again uh, soon. And uh, I'm glad that we got through it without my head spinning and me uh, passing out like the last time. <laughs> really, and me being embarrassed and unable to help. 
Yeah, well, listen, it wasn't up to you, and I probably should not have gotten on the phone that day, but sometimes you want to be a trooper, and, well, sometimes it's it's not a good idea to be a trooper, but there you go. You know, I know, sometimes sometimes you just don't want to give in to, like, your health, you know? Like, well, I'll get through it, you know? And then you think, oh, I shouldn't have done that, you know? Paying yeah. the price now, darn yeah. it. Well, in, in fact, a, a lot of it, and this, and I don't want to sound like I'm blaming you, but it had a lot to do with you. It, it was because, oh, it's Jeff. I got to get on the phone. I got to get this done. I got to be there. I got to, I, I got, I have a you know a sense of duty to, to get it done. And uh, uh-huh. had it been almost anybody else, I probably would have phoned the publicist and said, "Listen, I just can't." But uh, and I don't mean that in in a bad sense. I just figured, no, no, it's Jeff. I I, I got to get the you know, and it didn't work. So. We got it done. Resurrections, the new album, Trinity Tour with uh, Ripper Owens and Blaze Bailey, uh, coming soon. And uh, there you go. Toujours un plaisir. Yeah. Toujours, toujours. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. Take Mi- care now. Thank you. Merci. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And there you have it, folks. My interview with singer extraordinaire Jeff Tate from the band Operation Mindcrime. Do check out their new album, Resurrection. Check me out on Twitter at Mitch LaFon, Facebook one-on-one Mitch LaFon, and paypal.me forward slash Mitch LaFon should you care to support the podcast. And with that, I bid you a fond farewell, or as I like to say, bye for now. Bye. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving at your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com.